Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. What kind of news do we have today, Sean? Today we'll talk about a regulatory nod for handheld ultrasound technology, another fundraise at Myomo, a new first-in-human study of intravascular lithotripsy, an FDA warning on some orthopedic devices at Exactech, and an FDA clearance for innovative skin cancer detection technology. What's the first news story that we should know for today? First story is that Clarius won CE Mark for its handheld full-body ultrasound technology. Handheld ultrasound seems to be a really popular space. I know we've covered a few different technologies from Butterfly Network, GE Healthcare, Philips. So here we have another solution from Clarius. How does the scanner work? So the PAL HD3 scanner combines phased and linear arrays on a single head, providing bedside imaging of superficial and deep anatomy. It's as compact as an iPhone and delivers high-resolution images from the skin down to 40 centimeters of depth. Clarius says it actually uses the same advanced 8-beamformer processing technology that's utilized by higher-end, more traditional ultrasound systems. So all the general bells and whistles of a regular ultrasound system in this compact handheld technology. Interesting. I know one of the ways to address health inequities in some of the developing countries and even in rural regions is to make these handheld devices. How does this help healthcare professionals? Well, with the system, healthcare professionals can perform those whole body ultrasound exams without swapping devices or transporting systems, which as you alluded to, that point of care really opens up opportunities for whether it be even war zones, developing countries, places like that. So this is actually the 11th wireless handheld ultrasound scanner in the Clarius portfolio as well. So quite a few different offerings for these out-of-facility settings. Interesting. So executives must be optimistic about where the company is heading now that it got the CE mark? Yeah, Chris Dickey, chief technology officer, said that given the sales volume of the Clarius system since it was introduced in the U.S. late last year, company is happy to confirm that there's a strong market for a single versatile device that supports multiple exams and broad clinical applications for hospital physicians. What else should we know for today? Myomo is set to raise $6 million as it eyes expanded Medicare coverage. It's been a good stretch for Myomo and its wearable robotic braces as here's some more positive news. What are some of the financial details of this funding raise and when does it expect to close that offering? The company entered into agreements with certain new and existing institutional investors, plus its own insiders, to sell nearly 1.6 million shares of common stock priced at $3.80 per share, amounting to the approximately $6 million total in proceeds before deductions that come. Myomo expects to close the offering by the end of this week, by Friday, the 19th of January. I seem to remember Myomo having a CMS win last year. What can you tell us about that? Last year, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, announced a new proposed rule that could benefit Myomo and its medical robotic wearable device, the MyoPro. It would classify the technology as a brace, enabling payments on a lump sum basis. This is actually something similar to what we've talked about with Rewalk Robotics as well. And it's really going to benefit Myomo if it comes through as expected, where they are actually planning on adding about 50 personnel to 
continue to scale up operations. What progress has the company had with its MyoPro device? Well, Paul Godonis, the chair and CEO, said that the company has already begun deliveries of MyoPro to Medicare Part B beneficiaries, the patient population. They expect to be a significant driver of revenue growth this year with this new Medicare decision. And with an anticipated major increase in the addressable market, the company's aspiration is to achieve at least $100 million in annual revenues within the next five years. What's the next news story? Fastway Medical began its first in-human study of its IVL or intravascular lithotripsy technology. IVL has become a fast-moving therapy method, with Shockwave being an obvious example of one company in the mix, but here's another company working on it. So tell us about the company's technology. So the peripheral IVL is designed to treat calcified cardiovascular disease, fracturing calcium deposits with a balloon catheter that delivers shockwaves. This technology is said to have a user-friendly design with a deliverable, low-profile, rupture-resistant balloon that delivers durable and predictable circumferential ultrasonic treatment to fracture calcium. Where will this study take place? The first procedures were performed at the Houston Methodist Hospital and Hope Vascular and Podiatry Clinic, one by Dr. Miguel Montero Baker. Additionally, Dr. Venkatesh Ramaya of Honor Health Vascular Group and the Pulse Cardiovascular Institute in Phoenix, Arizona, performed some of the first procedures there. So those will be some of the settings of the study. Why is this important? Well, co-founder and CEO Scott Nelson said the successful enrollment in the study is a an important inflection point for FastWave as the company looks forward to advancing its peripheral IVL system toward a pivotal clinical trial this year. What else should we know for today? The FDA issued a warning on defective packaging for an Xactec shoulder system. Often when we cover recalls and warnings, it's related to a singular device issue, not packaging. But in this case, the packaging could actually impact the device itself. So as you said, this is kind of unique. What is the issue here? So the FDA says that Xactec's Equinox shoulder systems, uh, the devices manufactured between 2004 and August 2021, were packaged in defective bags. So these defective bags were missing one of the oxygen barrier layers that protects devices from oxidation, a chemical reaction that can degrade plastic components over time. And why is that a problem? So the, the plastic degradation obviously is a massive impact on medical devices that feature plastic components. So Oxidation could lead to faster device wear or even failure, plus the device component cracking or fracturing, which could in turn lead to additional surgeries to replace or correct that shoulder implant. Interesting. What is the FDA recommending? The FDA says that if a patient has a functioning Equinox implant with no pain or symptoms, they don't need surgery or correction to the device. Patients should contact their healthcare providers if they are experiencing worsening pain, swelling, inability to use their arm, grinding or other noises or weakness around the implanted device. Providers should not implant Equinox systems packaged in these defective bags, according to the FDA. They should monitor patients implanted with these systems that were manufactured between between 2004 and 2021. Interestingly, Xactec has actually not issued a voluntary recall on these devices. So the FDA said that it's still in contact with the company and they're working through that. But for now, the FDA is very clear on what it thinks providers should do around these devices. What's the final news story that we have? The FDA cleared Dermasensor's AI-powered skin cancer detection device. 
we've actually been tracking Dermasensor since they were involved in the MedTech Innovator Accelerator program a few years back. And this is obviously a, a huge milestone for the company. So what is Dermasensor's device? It's a handheld device that uses ESS, which is a form of optical spectroscopy. It takes non-invasive samples of tissue, capturing cellular level information, and uses hundreds of wavelengths of light in a manner similar to how sonar uses sound. So this device can actually look at cellular and subcellular characteristics of a lesion in question for skin cancer, and then provide an immediate objective result using an FDA-cleared algorithm. What kind of data backs up this FDA clearance? A pivotal study of more than 1,000 patients found 96% sensitivity with the device across 224 different skin cancers. When the device produced a negative result, it meant a 97% chance of being benign for all skin cancers. And Dermasensor says that the device demonstrated the ability to cut the number of missed skin cancers in half by 18% to 9%. What do executives anticipate achieving with this launch? Well, Cody Simmons, the co-founder and CEO, said that equipping primary care physicians to better evaluate the most common cancer in the country has been a major longstanding unmet need in medicine. While dozens of companies have attempted to address this problem in recent decades, he said Germasensor is honored to be the first device cleared by the FDA that provides these primary care physicians with an automated tool for evaluating suspicious lesions. So clearly this first-of-its-kind technology, the company believes that it has a big sort of market that it can enter and, and help address the problem of skin cancer. And that was the final news story that we had for today. So thank you, Sean, for bringing us all these insights. My pleasure. As always, read more on the Mass Device website and check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on LinkedIn at Danielle Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H. Let them know where they can find you, Sean. You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us tomorrow for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. Thank you.